It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To preview Sunday's game, as is our tradition, we look at the matchup between the Texans and the Titans in a Locked On crossover going behind enemy lines. And I'm Robert Land from the Locked On Texans podcast, along with my co-host Brian Patterson. And we are joined by Locked On Titans host Jimmy Morris and guys. Uh, that was sure was a nice little warm-up act on Monday Night Football. I mean, come on, the real things this week, baby, the Titans and the Texans. Everybody's going to be talking about it. Yeah, I feel like we should apologize to the country after what they <laughs> saw uh, last night. If we if we run Blaine Gabbard out there, then, you know, that's going to be – it's going to look like a different sport. I tell you what, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of Monday Night Football games over the years, and uh, this reminded me – I don't know what you guys thought, but – I mean, there hasn't been a game that lived up to the hype and had the hype that it had since maybe going back to Joe Montana versus John Elway. It was, I think it was Chiefs Broncos back in the early 90s. But I, I can't think of a game that just was that unreal to watch back and forth in NFL history. I mean, the records that they set, I mean, just those two teams. Uh, you feel like the rest of the league is just playing on a different level than those two teams and the Saints. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, yeah, if we get uh, maybe to the second round this year and lose to one of those teams, it's not going to offend me, and I'm not going to feel like, oh, it's a wasted season because, I mean, just what, what they can do is impressive, and it seems like we're watching a different NFL than the NFL that we watch week to week with the other teams. With the, with the Houston, Texas, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the playoff berth, but – in terms of uh, being able to advance, I would love to get to the AFC championship, but the path uh, to that is just going to be quite difficult. But you know what? I will take the small successes, the small victories, and they've been pretty small, you know, over, you know, this seven game win streak, you know, five out of seven games. So you could probably say that they've been luck, but, um, you know, I'm just liking the way this team's progressing. But if we face one of those two teams, uh, if those if the Texas face one of those two teams, um, I, I just don't think we're going to be able to to keep up. How are you feeling about the Titans so far, Jimmy? I mean, as Texans fans, you know, we, we talked about this in, in yesterday's show. Uh, they're winning. There's not a lot of fervor in, in Houston over it. Um, but the the Titans, it's got to be frustrating because, I mean, the one thing we were concerned about throughout early in, the, in this season with Deshaun coming off the injuries and stuff like that is just, you know, you're worried about the quarterback in the injury situation. And, and it just seems like it, it never ends with the Titans these days. Yeah. You know, you say they're, they're winning. There's not a lot of fervor, but it honestly kind of sounds like the Titans last year, you know, this team was, you know, they were nine seven, they ended up winning a playoff game, but all year long, it, it just seemed like the excitement for the team wasn't there in Nashville, just because they were winning so ugly. It, just, it wasn't really much fun to watch, you know, so, yeah, I mean, look, we're in the same spot that we've been in. It seems like uh, the kind of the whole time Marcus has been here um, when you can when you get him on the field and he's healthy and everything's going good. He looks good. Looks like he's going to be the guy. And then something happens and then we're back into this thing where we don't know if he's going to play or not. We'll, we'll spend the whole week wondering and then get him out there. It's weird. I, he's the, you know, I, I don't know how much baseball y'all watch, but like, you know, you, you got those starting pitchers in baseball where like, you can watch the first inning and you're like, okay, this guy's got it tonight or he doesn't, you know? And, and honestly, Marcus is kind of the same way as a quarterback. Uh, when he's out there, you can watch the first couple of series and, and you're, you can really know, okay, this is going to be a good Marcus game or this is going to be a bad Marcus game. And I don't know 
you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's not, it's not by any means hundred percent his fault, but it just kind of seems like that's where we are. And so, you know, yeah, right now we're stuck wondering if he's going to play or not. And, you know, we <laughs> ran the smoke and mirrors at y'all the first time and one with Blaine Gabbert. I, I don't see that happening again. It's much more fun to talk about Michael Jackson's glove than Marcus Mariota's glove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, Terry and I talked about it on the show the, this last couple of weeks. If if he's out at practice, I, I don't know if they're going to practice tomorrow or Thursday, but uh, when they're, whenever they're out there for the first time, if he's got that glove on, it's going to be tough to, to, to get excited about it again because, you know, that was the whole thing. He couldn't feel his hand for all those games and, you know, he, he kept saying, you know, everybody kept saying, well, you know, one day he'll wake up and it'll be fine. And he said, you know, as soon as he does, as soon as he's not wearing the glove anymore, that's when it's better. And so, you know, it finally came off uh, in the game, in the Monday night game against, uh, against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. He was really good in that game, really good against the Patriots. And then, you know, it was already off to a bad start in the, in the game against the Colts and then got hurt. So, uh, you know, it's just, we'll just <laughs> kind of have to see how it goes. I mean, it feels like you, you, you sort of uh, start to get in that space where with the Titans, you don't know what to do. I mean, I mean that's the thing with some of these quarterbacks that, you know, do, do I want to invest in them for a longer term or do you want to uh, wait it out as long as possible? And is it dangerous if you wait it out? You know, you, you start back from zero and, you know, just getting an average quarterback in the NFL sometimes seems like it's almost impossible and you know you can ask if you want to just uh talk to somebody go ask a cleveland browns fan about that but i mean that that that's where you are it feels like we're with the titans right yeah and listen i, I mean up until the last this this kind of last turn i have been you know one of the biggest marcus Mariota defenders i i think that if the, if he can get in the right system uh i think if he can if he can stay healthy uh, then, I mean, I think he can be really good. We've seen stretches from him that have been really good. Uh, they're in the point now where, you know, they picked up his fifth-year option for next year. Um, you know, that's basically $21 million next year. I think it's like 20.9 or whatever it is. Um, so I, I, I by no means think it's time to move on from him because where do you go? I mean, the Titans are going to win enough games this year that they're not going to have an, an early pick in the first round. Uh, this this draft doesn't seem to be particularly good for quarterbacks anyway, but you know you got to sign a free agent. I mean, I mean, you know, all these things. Like, I, I think he still has a chance to be the guy, but the problem is you're getting to the point now where he's not going to be cheap anymore. You've got to decide at, at some point. It doesn't have to be this off season, but you've got to decide, like you said, if you're going to invest in him long term or not. And, and it's just funny, like the people around here. The Titans fan base is is funny, and I mean, I think it's a, a microcosm of what our nation's like right now, right? You got to be on, you know, one extreme or the other. So either you love Marcus and can't do anything wrong, or you hate him and you, you think they need to move on. Like that, that's kind of it seems like where everybody is. And then like when you get when when I try to kind of play the middle, then I get killed from both sides. So that, that's fun. But um, <laughs> you, you know, it's like look at this point. I think we've seen enough to 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 say you can't just you know move on from him but you also can't turn around and give him 100 million everybody's like well just give him a two-year deal for that's not how quarterback quarterbacking works i mean the jaguars got away with it for with blake Bortles because he's so bad but like they're either going to have to invest in him or we're going to play this game where you know next year he plays under his option 
then you got to decide if you want to franchise him. Well, that gets so expensive that, that, you know, that's prohibitive to the rest of your roster. So, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of getting to the point, and we were hoping that we would at least, you know, have a have a pretty good feeling about one way or the other with this with the new coaching staff, you know, with an offensive coordinator. Listen, they, they fired Mike Malarkey after winning a playoff game because he was not maximizing Marcus Mariota. That, that's why he got fired. And so now you've burned this new system, and it just hasn't like not not enough has changed. And, and part of it, look, has been because he's hurt, and other guys are hurt on the offensive line. Delaney Walker's hurt. Rashard Matthews quit. I mean, there, there's been all this other stuff that has happened, but at the end of the day, we're still sitting here 10 games into this season without a definitive, without a definitive answer on Marcus Mariota in the future. I want to ask you about the AFC South big picture in a second. Just uh, before I do that, I just got to take a quick second to talk about our partners with Blue Chew. Remind people that, now you can increase your sexual performance and get that extra confidence in bed with Blue Chew. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. I love that. I have to take a lot of pills, and chewable is good. Uh, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever opportunity arises, if you know what I'm talking about. And Blue Chew's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, in the United States. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Whether you're locked on Texans or locked on Titans, just visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked on. Really easy to remember. Locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Again, that's B L U E, like the color, bluechew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk. 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Jimmy, I, I just want to get your thoughts on where the Titans are in the AFC South. I mean, we, me and Brian were talking about this, and you know, it seems as though that the Colts right now are, are the biggest threat to the Texans with the way they're playing, with the way Andrew Luck is. Uh, what do you feel like right now? Do you feel like the Titans uh, are, are behind the Colts and the Texans like we do, or do you feel like the Titans are right there? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, there's you, there's no choice but to feel that way after, you know, what's kind of happened. And, um, you know, we were really hoping the Titans could go to Indianapolis and win. And then this would, you know, this game would have been huge for both teams because you're looking at, you know, the winner is, is going to be in first place. And, you know, the Titans then at that point would have had, uh, 
you know, a, a substantial, at least tiebreaker advantage over the Texans if they had, if they could win that game, have two wins against them. You know, at that point, you'd be four in the division. Of course, that's not how it played out. And after seeing Indianapolis and seeing what it, what Andrew Luck is doing, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you, you kind of have to go that way. Um, hey, listen, there's part of me that believes that if, if we can get the Titans team, that we saw the, you know, the two games prior to this where they just, I mean, boat raced the Patriots, uh, went to, you know, Dallas and won on Monday night and actually looked good in the second half of the game against the Chargers, had a chance to win that game as well in London. Um, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that thinks that this team can still, you know, be in the race. But when you look at, you know, now being basically two games behind the Texans, um, when you look at the remaining schedules for, for both teams, I, mean, I think it's it's fairly easy for both teams. So, I mean, you don't see a lot of places where, where you know, if everybody's playing well, we'll say uh, either team's going to slip up. So, I mean, I just I, I think that at this point, the Titans probably have too much ground to make up, even even if they play well down the stretch. Um, and the Colts, yeah, I mean, the, their defense, their defense was, was better, at least against the Titans, than than it has been on paper. Um, and that with, with the way that Andrew Luck and that offense are playing right now, um, I mean, I, I think that I think I don't know. I mean, I think their their offense is probably the best right now. Um, their de- I still don't, I still don't believe in their defense. So I mean, I, I think you probably have to put the Colts as the as the biggest contender in. But the the Texans just I mean won what seven games in a row. Um, so it's it's hard to argue with that. And you know, just so hot right now that. You know, it's going to be tough for anybody to keep pace. Uh, Jimmy, question in regard to Malcolm Butler. Has he been the player that you expected whenever you signed him in free agency? He was a great get. You know, I wanted the Texas uh, to, to sign him, but I knew he was going to cost a lot of money. Um, he's had an up and down season. Uh, what are your feelings on that? Well, he, I mean, he's been he's been terrible. But, um, you, you know, listen, they gave him much of money. Um, he came in in training camp and was, you know, everybody, everybody raved about him in training camp. I mean, setting the tone and working hard and, you know, getting encouraging people around him and all that kind of stuff. And then he's gone out, and I don't know um, if it's if it's the thing of, you know, trying to trying to feel like he needs to, you know, prove to everybody that he, that he earned that big contract or what. But um, he he just had in like his 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 breakdowns or or mental type things. Um, it's you know having his eyes in the backfield and you know getting beat on double moves. That's been the biggest thing. But he he's been he's been better the last couple of weeks. Now the Titans the last two weeks have used Adoree Jackson to shadow the number one receiver on their team. So he shadowed Josh Gordon against the Patriots and he shadowed T.Y. Hilton. Um, against the Colts. Now they mixed results. He was really, uh, Dory was really good against Josh Gordon and he got roasted. You know, T.Y. had like, I can't remember what it was, but seven catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns when he, when he, when he was covered by a Dory. Uh, so Malcolm Butler has been a little bit quieter the last, uh, the last couple of weeks, but that's because they've been hiding him. Um, he comes off the field in base. At the beginning of the year, uh, you know, a Dory and Malcolm Butler were the outside cornerbacks. Logan Ryan was the slot guy. Um, and then when they were in base, it was a Dory and Malcolm on the field. Well, the last, you know, two or three weeks, they've gone to it being a Dory and Logan Ryan on the field in base. Uh, Logan Ryan still plays the slot when they're in, you know, nickel. But Malcolm Butler, you know, is playing 75 percent of the snaps the last few games. So they've had they've had to kind of go to that. Obviously not what you want when you spent so much money on a guy. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's still, he's got the ability. I mean, I don't think anybody questions his ability, but like I said, he just has been taking too many chances and keeps getting beat over the top. Yeah, and speaking of strategy, uh, if I'm Deshaun Watson and I'm looking at looking at my corners, looking at my wide receivers out there, do I throw to a Dory Jackson? Do I try him or is it best to throw at Logan Ryan? Who am I going to pick on uh, this Sunday? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't I, I'm interested to see what they do in this one, because Logan Ryan has had pretty good success against DeAndre Hopkins in the past. Um, if you go back to Logan Ryan's days with the Patriots, uh, I remember I did a post on this at one point last year, and I, I should have gone back and looked before we got started. I don't remember. But, I mean, like, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is really, really good, right? So, I mean, you know, when you got a guy that holds him to, you know, 60, 75 yards and, you know, only a touchdown every other game or something like that, you feel pretty good about that when you're going up against a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Now, last year they didn't shadow. Last year they played their sides. Uh, when Dick LeBeau was here, and they didn't do that. They hadn't shattered at all this year until two weeks ago. So I don't know if they'll do that with Logan Ryan in this game. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of it depends on that. They, they drafted a Dory. He's a speed guy, uh, you know, world-class speed, track, ran track, USC, all, all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, you, you just we heard a lot of talk when he was drafted that, you know, you've got Logan Ryan to match up against guys like DeAndre Hopkins, and you've got uh, Dory Jackson to match up with guys like – T.Y. Hilton. I mean, you know, you talk, think about the guys in your division. So th- th- that'll be interesting to me to see what they do there. Um, but l- both of those guys are solid. They're not, neither one of them are all pro by any means, but they're, neither one of them are garbage either. So I, I don't know that there's one of the two that you, that you target necessarily. Uh, like I said, they, they've got strengths and weaknesses. Um, both can be beaten, but both can be really good at times too. So, and like I said, T.Y. Hilton was really good against Josh Gordon. I mean, pretty much yeah, Josh Gordon had, I think two catches on like 12 targets when, when Adore was on him. So, um, had, was really good there. And then, you know, I got beat last week. So, I mean, it's just kind of week to week with those guys. Yeah. I want to get into the, some of the matchups of this game. I'm glad you guys started with that. And we're going to get into that just a bit, but just to want to remind everybody to make sure you follow locked on. NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. You get all the local experts in our Locked On NFL Network on one feed on Twitter. It's perfect when all the games are going on or just when news is breaking. And on Instagram, you get the major stories in just one minute. So it's the perfect bite-sized audio. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. And boy, the Texans, they're favored by four and a half points. We don't know who the quarterback will be that starting for the Titans uh, just yet. It's not a guaranteed, so I'm kind of surprised to, to see that there is a point spread on some of the betting lines. But uh, if you think you can make some money off this game, mybookie.ag, it's the place to go. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years, have great reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. We can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to mybookie. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Great deal. And join now, and my bookie matches your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. If you wait till 6 p.m., you get an extra $25 free play by using our exclusive promo code. Go ahead, wait till after dinner, and take that extra money. It's the way to go. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Okay, let's just get a little bit into this matchup. Uh, l- let me ask you this, Jimmy, because uh, you know it's it's a different 
Texans offense that I think the one that you guys saw earlier in the year, they, they, they've started to click, although it wasn't pretty at all in this last game. But, I mean, if, if I'm looking at uh, stuff with the Titans, you know, give me your impression of uh, what you're looking at and what your concern is uh, from, from your side of the football on defense. And, and then, you know, what, what, what do you think, uh, you know, you want to ask us about where, which uh, matchup that concerns you the most? I guess DeAndre Hopkins is always a matchup. The Titans defense has been really good. Um, not not last week withstanding. I mean, before that, coming into that game, they were the number one scoring defense in the, in the league. Um, you know, hadn't exactly played a murderer's row of offenses, but uh, were really good against the Patriots, good against the Cowboys. Um, you know, it held the Texans pretty good that first game. Now, like you said, I, I think that we're – I expect a different Deshaun Watson, at least in this game. Um, you could tell he was still pretty rusty. Um, in that game against Texas, and I don't know if I don't, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but I'm an Alabama fan, so I am very well aware of what Deshaun Watson is able to do when he's healthy. Because I watched him, you know, in two national championship games against Alabama, and then obviously the the one game he played against the Titans in his rookie year. So um, I, I have a, a whole lot of healthy respect for his abilities. And and so, like I say, in, in saying all that, realizing in that first game that that he wasn't back to you know himself at that point. Um, but, but even with, with all that being said, like I, I feel pretty good about where this defense is. I don't know if y'all if y'all knew this or not, but uh, Dean Pease, the Titans' offensive coordinator, actually had to leave the the stadium in the first quarter of the game against the Colts on Sunday. Uh, they thought he was having a, a mini stroke. It ended up being a nerve in his eye, but they, they took him to the hospital. So he leaves the first quarter. So Brable has to call the defense for the rest of the game. Um, you, you know, just kind of so much, so many bizarre things going on. But um, when when they've had when when DPS has been there, they, they've been good. Uh, they've been able to create pressure, uh, not necessarily with like their edge guys. That that's kind of been a weakness they've had. But uh, delayed blitzes, that that kind of stuff, a lot of pressure from the middle. Uh, their inside linebackers are actually the guys that that have been you know getting the most pressures and sacks and that kind of stuff. Um, so I mean, you, 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 we feel pretty good about the defense and, and where they are. Uh, like I said, they, it was just kind of a disaster all the way around on Sunday. Wait, 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 so, wait, wait! You're saying that Mike Vrabel calling defenses is not a good thing? Is that what you're telling us? Right? Yeah. You know, this is <laughs> funny, right? So y'all are obviously familiar with that. Um, oh that's yeah. The, the, that's the biggest thing. You know, the biggest knock when Vrabel got hired. He's a terrible defensive coordinator. Which I mean, yeah, obviously. You know, and whatever, but like that's that's not they didn't hire him to to call defenses. They hired him to, for his leadership and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was bad. And listen, I mean, you know, to be fair, um, a guy that's a that's a rookie head coach that you know gets to the stadium on Sunday not expecting to call the defense, and then you know I'm sure at some point in his ear gets told, hey, you know, your your guy's going to the hospital here, so you're going to have to do it. Like I, I think that'd be pretty hard for anybody. Um, so, you know, it, it hard to, you know, really criticize anything from that. But, uh, like I said, I, I expect Dean Pease to be back this week. Apparently everything checked out good and, and he, he was able to come on. He actually spent the night in Indianapolis in the hospital on Sunday night, but came back on Monday. So, um, it sounds like everything's good with him there, but so, I mean, I feel pretty good about that. It, the offense is the question. I mean, look, um, you know, okay, so talking about, you know, teams not being the same, I mean, when we when we played the Texans in that, was it week two, right? And the Titans didn't have either one of their starting offensive tackles in that game. And, um, you know, they ran, they didn't have Marcus, ran Blaine Gabbard out there, ran the Wildcat, did all that kind of stuff. 
hopefully we don't have to deal with that mess again. Hopefully that, you know, Marcus is out there. The offense is, you know, as full strength as it is, you know, for this season. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think with everybody healthy, I think they can move the ball. Um, I mean, I, I think they, you know, like I said, they, they had gotten into a rhythm the last couple of weeks before this game. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It, like I said, we, and we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on here. This team is just this, – this, this Titans team is an 8-18. Eight eight I mean, that, that's what it feels like right now because some weeks you, you see them and you're like, oh, man, this team's good. They can, you know, they can beat anybody. They can do this and that. And then the next week you see them and you're like, oh, my gosh, they can't beat anybody. So that, that's kind of what it feels like. So it, it's hard to have confidence in a whole lot of things. I think they can, I think they can play in this game because, honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the Texans are obviously – I mean, they won seven games in a row. They're, they're playing well. But I don't think they're, you know, the upper caliber class of the AFC. So I think if the Titans play well in this game, that they can win, or at least, you know, we can ha- we can have a fun game to watch. But I just don't know my confidence level of which Titans team is going to show up is kind of at an all time low. With the the Titans, uh, with with the roster and the injury issues that they have right now. What is your biggest concern about this team moving forward? The interior of the offensive line. Um, it, it's been a problem. The Ben Jones hasn't been good for two years now. It was really good two years ago, but last season yeah. and yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> last season through the beginning of this season, um, it ha- hasn't been good. Josh Klein, who they gave a contract, a new contract to $24 million uh, this offseason has not been good. It wasn't good last year. Um, so that's been, that's been the, really the, the biggest concern. And, you know, Marcus has gotten, he got sacked five times on, on Sunday against a Colts team. That's, that's terrible. Uh, you rushing the passer, uh, that Ravens game, like a month ago where he got sacked 11 times. I mean, we've had, we've had a game. So that, that's been, that's been the biggest issue, um, for this team. If they can, if they can protect him, he can do some things, but they just haven't, they haven't been able to consistently do that. So um, I don't know what's y'all. What's y'all's biggest concern offense? Or is there anything that you look at in this matchup from you know the Texas offensive perspective that kind of concerns you? Right now, the biggest concern on offense is just the fact that without Will Fuller, they don't have near the explosion. They don't have the guy that's just going to open up the field like they like they've had. And you know, with the biggest honestly, the biggest concern for this whole game to me is if the Marcus Mariota doesn't play because. The Texans, you know, whenever a backup quarterback has come in is when I get scared the most. It seems like the Texans defense just sort of gives it gives a little bit like with Blaine Gabbert earlier this year. And not that it was a tremendous game, but it just, you know, that there, there was stuff there that I, I'm just like that, that defense wouldn't have played like that against some other quarterbacks. And I mean, I don't remember like Blaine Gabbert's numbers were not good, but it just, it, he, he made plays when it mattered for some reason. And then with Colt McCoy, it was the same deal, but yeah, just the biggest concern with the Texans offense is Deshaun Watson. Just don't turn the ball over. They, they've looked really good. The three weeks previous to this one, when they weren't turning the ball over and this week they, they turned the ball over and they need to con- they need to start converting. I don't know if it's going to matter in this game because I don't expect it to be a high scoring game. But instead of getting three points when they get in the red zone, it would be nice if they got seven every now and then. Brian, I my most biggest concern right now is the guy that we gave up a fourth. The Texas gave up a fourth round pick for that's Demarius Thomas. He's been silent. Uh, he was silent, <laughs> you know, targeted only once. Uh, you know, against the Redskins, how are we going? How are they going to integrate 
him into this offense. I would love to see more of him out there. He can still be a deep ball threat. I know he's no Will Fuller, but I still think he could be pretty deadly. I know there's a learning curve, but there is some way that you could get him out there quick and make an impact for this offense. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, just as long as weird stuff doesn't happen, I think Texans have got to be confident by weird stuff, not only just turnovers, but we saw, you know, the punt fake. But, you know, since that punt fake, the, the Texans special teams has been really good. I mean, it's been the best special teams year we've seen with the Texans in a long time, maybe maybe forever. And, you know, I, I feel pretty confident it's a, being that it's a home game. And you just don't you don't feel like much of any game's going to be not winnable if you're the Texans as long as you're playing teams that aren't the like I said earlier in the show the Chiefs the Rams the Saints those teams scare the hell out of me if I'm the Texans because they can't they can't keep up they're they're on some different league and you know even the Steelers and the Patriots uh, are a little scary in that fact but you know right now with the Texans most other teams it's just uh, they're going to be in the game and they've figured out a way to win close games sometimes we don't know how but they're doing it. Yeah, and I, I just wonder, too, you know, in that first game, uh, it seemed like, you know, Mike Vrabel had a lot of information, obviously, being with the Texans last year. You know, they talked about that, that the, the, the fake punt they're talking about. It was something that, you know, he knew that they had a tendency to not cover that guy on the outside. And so they were looking for that, and, and as soon as they got it, they called it and they hit it. You know, I wonder, you know, how much of that stuff he used up in the first game. Um, you know, if, if he's going to be able to have, if, if there's going to be any similar edges at this time, I would imagine that there, that there's not going to be. And so then, you know, you just got to kind of see when you're, when you're playing a little bit more straight up, kind of, so to speak, how, how it goes. The other thing obviously is, you know, I, I don't know what you think, Jimmy, but the team that's cornered a lot of times in the NFL, that feels like they've got to win if they're two fairly evenly matched teams. And, and I, I think these are two fairly evenly matched teams. They're the ones that usually play better, so I guess maybe that's a concern that uh, you know they're, they're going to be a little bit hungrier, the Titans, because I mean it's do or die, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, I mean the two games that you would have given the Titans, really three games, you would give the Titans the least chance to win this year. I would say would be against the Eagles, against the Patriots, in that first game against the Texans, with you know without Conklin, without Lawan, without Mariota, and they've won all three of those games. But they followed all those games. Well, they, they, they did win the next week in Jacksonville after they beat the Texans. But they followed the Eagles game up with, with three straight losses. They followed the Patriots went up with a loss. So, it, yeah, like you're saying, it, it's kind of the Titans have had trouble dealing with success. But then in these games where kind of everybody's counted them out, they've shown up and they've played well and they've won. So, yeah, I guess that would be the question is can they, can they kind of continue that trend? I think that's all we got. I mean, I, you know, I, I would think I'll, I'll just – throw out I mean I don't know Brian you agree I mean I feel like the Texans this is a game that they should win but that doesn't necessarily mean anything it's the NFL but I feel like they should win this game because they're at home and they seem to be the healthier team right now no disrespect to the Titans but I'm actually more concerned about the Colts December 9th that is a matchup to keep an eye on Uh, but it's going to be competitive but uh, we're going to squeak this one out yeah, I mean, like I said, if, if Blaine Gabbert's starting, I have zero confidence. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a little bit more if Marcus is out there. But again, I'm just telling you, watch the watch the first quarter. If he's out there and he's he's you know hitting his stuff and looking good, then you know it's going to be they're, they're going to be in for something. If if he's all over the place in the first quarter, he just kind of continues to trend that way. So 
that's just just something to kind of watch for. Looking forward to Monday night, guys. I mean, it it should be fun, and I mean, it's going to be the uh, maybe the anti uh, Rams Chiefs game in a way, yeah. <laughs> possibly. But oh yeah, but uh, hopefully it'll at least be a good game. I know Jimmy, you're at J Morris MCM, correct? That is correct. All right, and uh, it's at Locked On Texans, of course, at HSD Podcast for me. Uh, Brian's at House of Houston. So uh, keep up with everything that's going on in the Locked On Network, guys. We, we come at you daily. As for this one, that's all. I hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. If we if you don't hear from us in the next uh, forty eight hours, or you don't listen to us anyway, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.